Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio. We back. We back. Verbal cardio. We back again, man. It's a, it's a new week. We back. I got my co-host, extraordinaire. Water is in the studio. Look at this right here. I did all this damage today. You know, I started, this was fresh. This was freshly filled. I did all this damage today, and it's only 1.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I did all this damage. So I'm going to get my gallon in. I'm going to get my gallon plus, plus interest. Drink more water, y'all. Drink more water. I say that every episode. I say it every episode of Verbal Cardio. Drink more water. Stop making the excuses. Stop whining. Stop. It has to be. Shut up, man. None of your excuses are valid unless you come from a country that doesn't even have running water. Or unless you live in Flint, Michigan. Or Jackson, Mississippi, where the water is actually fucked. Other than that, I don't want to hear shit. Drink more water, man. Make it a priority. I don't want to hear about that. I'm going to be peeing a lot. So what? You're, you're cleansing your body. If you're peeing a lot, it's a lot of filtration going on. Let the filtration happen and hush. Those are words to live by right there. Just pee it out and hush. It's the processes, man. You're cleaning your body out. Let that water flow up out of you, man. And hush being the key word. Hush. Sick of y'all making these excuses. All right, I'm turning the live off on IG. If you want to see the rest of this episode recorded live, join my Patreon. If you don't want to join my Patreon, that's fine too. But if you do, you can click the link in my IG bio and join. If you don't want to join, you can watch this episode on Wednesday. New episodes of Verbal Cardio drop every Wednesday, or you can listen in wherever you get your podcast. Verbal Cardio will be there. I'm out. I'm not out on the show. Y'all know what I mean. Um, I want to say this, and I I didn't get to this on the uh, verbal uh, daddy issues because we were just rapid fire with the with the talking over each other. We talked over each other a lot this episode. I didn't like that. That's why I got quiet. It was a lot of just over talking. Everybody wanted to get in double dutch, so I kind of hushed. I don't like over talking. But I wanted to say this. Shout out to Craig Wans and his family. You know, they uh, we didn't we didn't get a chance to touch on this during Daddy Issues, but Craig missed today because they just had a huge loss in the Wans family. Um, Howell Wans, the the creator of everything you've seen from the Wans family in entertainment, is due to that man. Everything that you have seen from the Wayans is due to that man. In Living Color, I'm going to get you sucker, Mo Money, The Last Boy Scout, the Wayans Brothers. Everything that they've done. Little Man, <laughs> Don't Be a Menace, the list goes on. My wife and kids, they owe it to that man, Howell Wayans, man. He had 10 children, and then those children had mad children, and the legacy continues on and he passed away at the age of uh 86 i believe hopefully it's 86 or 84 uh, i don't want to get the age wrong but you know 
huge loss to the family. He will now join his his wife in the uh, in the next phase of existence. Um, but shout out to the whole Williams family, um, family and friends, and everybody touched by that man. And you know, if you if you listening to my podcast, uh, Pop Wayans, wherever you may be, I don't think you're listening to this, but if you are, thank you, sir, for your contribution. Uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate your kids. I appreciate your your kids, kids, and your great your great grandchildren and your grandchildren and all that, man. We we love that you uh was such a strong, proud, good father, and uh, you raised them kids right, man. Raising ten kids in New York in the projects, man. Come on, man. You did your thing. You did your thing, man. Shout out to Craig and his family, man. Condolences. Um, I just wanted to say that because we didn't get to it on our daddy issues, but absolutely. Um, anyway, yeah, man. Uh, so let's talk about some things. Let's talk about some things real quick. I asked my patron saints. Uh, let me see something. I asked them. It was a general question. But I asked, am I too honest? I asked, am I too honest? Because, you know, a lot of people needed the context. Some people were saying, nope, they, they appreciate honesty. No, no such thing. You'd be saying some things sometimes. Uh, I love your honesty. Always a balanced point of view. That's why I rock with you. Nothing wrong with being honest. I would rather someone hurt my feelings than to lie. No. In what context? I miss daddy issues. Uh, by the way, I think when it comes to what's going on in the world, your home life, your comedy, et cetera, honesty is part of your identity. Now, nah, man, it's appreciated. But sometimes I feel like I can be too honest. And, you know, it's been pointed out to me, like, you know, sometimes the way my honesty is conveyed or given or thrown out there, it could be a bit much. So, you know, I'm just trying to become a better individual out here. Um, you know, sometimes I'm not, I'm not the best at sugarcoating honesty in a lot, in a lot of ways. Sometimes it'll just come out in the moment of annoyance or irritation and just be like, I'm not feeling this because in that moment I feel, I feel a certain way about it and I say it. And I feel like maybe I could do a better job at putting my filter up, putting the sugar on top, you know, not coming from a malicious place, but just like, this is how I feel in the moment, or this is how I've been feeling about this. And then I just, I just say it. Or like, if I get asked a question, I might not be at the, the best at the, at the sugary delivery, you know? And so and that could be hurtful to a lot of people. So, and I'm not, again, you know, I'm a person that's big on intent. So my intent is not to hurt you or, you know, to hurt your feelings or, you know, my intent is to convey the truth from, from my POV. And so, you know, but I know, I know it doesn't work for everybody. I know it doesn't work for everybody when you just come with the raw, honest truth. And, you know, some people some people need that buttery, sugared up, you know, 
truth wrapped in like you know, because like if the if the truth is musty, if it's musty, some people are good at, at putting deodorant on that must and then just handing it to you and be like, here you go, and you smell the deodorant on the top, but on the underneath, it's still musty though. Like you didn't you didn't really clean it. You didn't really get the full clean going. You just putting deodorant on top of the must. And sometimes, you know, when I when I do come with the hard, gritty honesty, you know, it's coming from a place of love and concern and, and you know, these these certain things, but I'm just not the best at like just sugarcoating. Cause let's be honest, man. A lot of a lot of truth is ugly. A lot of it hurts. A lot of it is hard to hear. A lot of it is hard to take in. Not all truths, but a lot of a lot of it is. Complete honesty. Complete honesty. Most of it is gonna be hard hidden to certain to certain individuals. That's that's just what honesty and truth is. Like the truth of the matter is this. And a lot of times it's it's gonna be it's gonna be musty. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna be that's why a lot of people don't tell the complete honest truth in 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 most of their day-to-day because it's not easy to say, it's not easy to convey. So they're giving you half truths and they're editing and they're putting the sugar on the must, and it's just like and for me, how I like to receive honesty, I don't need the sugar coat. I don't need the sugar coat. Like, give me the raw. Like, when I ask, especially if I ask you. Now, a lot of times, your truth doesn't need to be said. Your truth doesn't even need to be said because nobody asked you. I get that. Like, if nobody asked you and you got the hard-hitting truth, you can just hush up. Now, if you're asked, if you're asked, if someone asks you for the complete honest truth, Give it to them. That that's that's my motto. You know, but some people want that sugar coat. Some people want the sugar coat, and I I ain't got a lot of sugar in my pantry. I just don't have a lot of sugar in my pantry. But I, you know, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to just hush up. You know, con- convey my 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 truth on things. When and here's another thing. And I'm coming at I'm coming at like my friends on this one. I'm coming at Tahir and Kev. Cause they call me a, a grumpy old man. They call me a curmudgeon or whatever. And I hate that they use the word curmudgeon. Cause they they love, especially Tahir, he loves to call me a curmudgeon. So the definition of a curmudgeon is a bad tempered person especially an old one. That's the definition of a curmudgeon. So I don't think I fit that. I don't think I'm bad-tempered. And once I brought that to their attention, they was like, all right. Well, Kev was like, all right, maybe not a curmudgeon. But to hear be trying to hold on to that word because he feels fancy because it's a, it's a nice little fancy word. It's a nice little word that to hear likes to say. Curmudgeon, you're just a curmudgeon just because the word is funny. It's a it's an ugly, musty-ass word, but it, it gets your attention. But I don't think I fit that definition. Now, I'm not bad-tempered, but when I don't like things, 
I convey that I don't like things. So when you convey that you don't like things and you you acquire a nice list of things that you don't like, that's when people be like, man, Tony don't like nothing. Man, you old and cranky, man. So I'll be like, no, but I don't like certain things. And if you ask, if you ask anybody listening to this, anybody watching this, anybody, you can come up with 10 things in life or more that you don't like. I guarantee you 10 will come off your dome easy. 10 things you'll be like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm not a fan of this. I don't like this. I don't like this. So we ask every individual person, what are the things you don't like? Y'all going to have a nice, fat-ass, juicy, long list. I got my list. That don't mean I'm old and cranky. It's just I got my list of things that I don't like, and I tell you this. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like that. So that way, moving forward, when people know what you don't like, they don't put you in those situations. Now, Kevin Tahir always called me cranky and old because one of the things I don't like are people talking over one another. I'm not a fan of people talking over one another. It gets on my nerves. It drives me crazy. It's mad annoying. I shut down. Everyone knows this. They know, oh, Tony don't like it, all that talking over each other. Like when I watch panel shows or people talking on TV and they start talking over one another, I check out. My nose starts bleeding. I can't. I can't do it. I'm like, man, I can't do this, man. Because no, nobody's listening. People, When people cut each other off, oh, my God, man. And, you know, I've been guilty of cutting people off here and there, but I try to be mindful of it and stop it. But when people cut other people off and not let people finish their sentence, it's just like it drives me crazy. Now, with that being said, when people are talking over one another and trying to get the jokes off, like when I used to do squad cast, everybody was talking over one another. They'd be talking over, everybody trying to get the joke off, everybody trying to be funny. And I get it, that's the platform. But for me, I'm just like, can y'all, can y'all, I don't like the talking over one another. They like, man, Tony cranky, man. They just, they just wrote me off as a cranky old man because I didn't like the talking over one another. And then, you know, zooming with the homies, they was doing it. And it was just like, I'm not good in an environment where I got to shout for, for audio real estate. That's just never been my strong suit. Like, if I got to fight to get words in, that's never been my ministry. It's, it's not that important. So I don't like it. And then they they would constantly hear, hey, come do squad cast. Come do squad cast. Come do this. Come do that. And then they keep inviting me to the joint. And then I'll be like, man, I don't like all the talking over one another. Tony Cranky. Y'all keep putting me in the environment that I don't like. Anybody is going to look cranky when you put people in an environment they don't like. My mom don't like a lot of cussing. If I put my mom in an environment, like I sit my mom in my car and I put on the Doggy Style album by Snoop Dogg, guess what I can expect? Her to not feel that album. She's going to be like, this is just, they just cussing up a storm. I don't like this. And then I'll be like, man, you cranky, mom. Because I'm putting you in a situation where I know you don't like it. And then I'm going to throw you on the grill for voicing your distaste of it even though I put you in it. 
So they always doing that to me. They put me in environments where I'm just, y'all know I don't like this. But now, nah, man, put Tony back in that environment. And now I look cranky. So just cut me some slack, man. Y'all know what I don't like. I'm I'm mad vocal about my my displeasure on certain things. Don't put me in those environments. And then I won't be the cranky old man y'all claim I am. You know what I'm saying? Cause I got I got a lot of pet peeves, man. I got I'm pet peeve McGee. Pet peeve McGee. I don't like it when people say they're gonna do something and then they don't do it. I don't like that. I don't like it. Especially when when you 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 did a hard like I'm doing this. You do a hard, I'm doing this. And then you don't do it. And I'm like, man, you said you was doing this. Man, Tony cranky, man. We're like, man, come on, man. Cut me some slack. I hold people to what they said they was going to do. Like when I say I'm going to do something and I give you a hard, I'm going to do this, and then you hold me to it, I can't be mad at you for putting me on blast. I can't be mad at you for putting me on blast. I did say I was going to do it, and then I came up short and I didn't do it. You can be like, man, Tony, you didn't do what you said you was going to do, and I got to eat that. I got to eat that with a side of mashed potatoes and asparagus. I got to eat that. You know, I can't get mad at you because you calling me out because I folded up on something I said I was going to do. You know. Just let me live out here, man. Let me not feel what I'm not feeling. I'm not trying to be cranky. It's just like I'm not feeling this. I'm just vocal about what I'm not feeling. But what I am feeling is Green Chef. Green Chef is a good-ass time. Green Chef. Let me tell you something about Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Green Chef is here for you. What I like about Green Chef is that they got the vegan options for your boy. They got the vegan options for your boy, man. That's what I like about Green Chef. Like, they be thinking about the vegan experience. Even though I'm not 100% vegan, I know this. I'm vocal about this. That's another thing that, you know, gets on my nerves. You be like, ain't that you were? I'm going to start talking about that on stage. That's a, that's a whole other topic. But I try to eat vegan as much as possible. I try to look for the vegan alternative when they have it and if they have it. Um, and I feel like Green Chef really looks out for the vegan experience. And in honor of Earth Month, they are offering a collection of brand new, limited time only recipes made with sustainable, earth friendly ingredients all throughout the month of April. Think premium recipes featuring sustainably sourced seafood, organic proteins, produce, and eggs and ingredients with a low carbon footprint. And that's not the only way that they're celebrating Mother Earth this uh, April. They are also partnering with One Tree Planet to plant trees in northern Thailand to combat food insecurity in vulnerable communities. They will plant one tree for every box sold. So you can fill up with protein packed or, or try their newest collection of recipes fit for a high protein dietary preference. Choose from three weekly menu items, each including 40 grams of protein on average per serving. 
You can expect a variety of satisfying and flavorful recipes like Greek chicken salad with mint olive uh, tapenade, uh, enchilada spiced turkey bowl, um, and almond crusted barramundi. Wow, they fancy with they fancy with these ingredients. Now you can choose from over 30 plus recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. For example, you can order vegan one day, keto the next. You can get everything you need at Green Market, their one-stop shop for quick breakfasts, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, and more so you can easily add to your weekly order. Uh, craving more servings? That's me. I'm Servings McGee. If you're craving more servings, of a favorite recipe. Now you can double the portions in your weekly order with just one click. That's me. I'm double McGee. Double up McGee, man. Double me up. The double mint twins. That's me all day, man. Uh, they are offering more customization than ever before. In addition to swapping protein to any meal that feature chicken, beef, or salmon for USDA certified organic ground beef, USDA certified organic chicken, and wild caught sockeye salmon. Now you can also add chicken or fish to select vegan and veggie, uh, vegan and veggie recipes each week for an added protein boost. Eat well at lunchtime too with their 10-minute lunches. Each week's menu includes two convenient, low-prep, and nutritious lunch recipes ready in just 10 minutes. No cooking required. Perfect for when you're on the go or pressed for time at the office. Now let me tell you something about me. I feel like I'm a slow cooker. I feel like I'm a slow cooker. I feel like me and Sabrina can make the same meal. We can make the exact same meal. Let's say, let's say we make tofu, just egg, and spinach. That's like my, been my go-to meal lately. Let's say we both make that. I feel like Sabrina makes it in like 15, 20 minutes. I feel like it takes me about 35, 40 minutes. That's what it feels like. And I'm like, yeah, we cooking the same thing. Why is it taking me so much longer? And I can't figure it out. Like when I watched her in the kitchen, it, I felt like she wasn't like moving extra fast. It wasn't like she had the speed filter on. I'm just like, yo, why is it taking me so much longer to cook the same stuff? So now I feel like a slow cooker. But if I can make a meal in 10 minutes, come on, man, that's a good ass time. I get distracted, uh, Guava, Guava Girl Alice says in the chat's word. Maybe so. Maybe I just get distracted and I'm not realizing that I'm distracted. I can't piece it together. Uh, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Green Chef has options for every lifestyle, keto, protein pack, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean and gluten free. As the only keto meal kit, Green Chef makes sticking to a carb conscious lifestyle very easy. Um, it's just convenient, easy. You got so many options with Green Chef, man. I feel like everybody should at least give it a shot. I feel like everybody should give it a shot. Um, just give Green Chef a shot. They got so many different options for how you're living your life and what you want to eat. Just give them a week and see what's up. See what you see what you like. See how you felt about it. Because I, I guarantee you there are some days where you just ain't got the time. And I feel like Green Chef is there for you with a quick meal option and like, like a, a dietary option that you can rock with. Um so go to greenchef.com slash verbal60 and use the code verbal60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's 60% off. So go to greenchef.com slash 
VERBAL60 and use the code VERBAL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Not only are you getting more than half off, you're getting free shipping. Use that code VERBAL60. Use the code VERBAL60. Make me look good. Make me look good by using that code, man. Um, so, yeah, man, get in on this. Get in on that green chef, man. I'll do you right. Trust me on this one. Just give it a shot, man. And let me and report back to me on what your favorite green chef meal was. Let me know. Let me know how you felt after you ate it, man. If it came through in the clutch. I got my chats worth in here, man. My patron saints are in here, man. Thanks to everybody for pulling up, man. We got good numbers in here today. If y'all have any questions for me, ask me in the chat's worth and I can tackle some. Uh, hey, Scotty asks, Tony, do you plan on going to any rap or R&B concerts this year? Um, I don't have them planned, but I'm not against that either. Um, I feel like the last, the last concert I went to, damn, what was the last concert I went to? Was it the Nas one? Oh, yeah, right. Nas and Wu-Tang. Yeah. That was the last one. Good looking out, Amir, man, on the ones and twos. It was Wu-Tang and Nas. That was the last concert. Concert was great, by the way. It was it was, it was was fire. That was my first time at the Hollywood Bowl. The Hollywood Bowl is a dope venue. Because for one, it's outside, so I didn't feel claustrophobic. And it just looked dope visually. Like, you can look up and see, like, the rows of people going up high. And then I was like, yo, I need to come here more often. I was thinking about going to see Jill Scott this summer, also at the Hollywood Bowl. I was thinking about going to that. So that might be a target for me, Jill Scott. I think J. Cole just had a show recently. He did a festival this past weekend. Okay, that's that's probably what it was. He performed too, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I've been seeing like uh, footage of J. Cole. And I think Josh was there uh, yeah, too, taking Josh photos. photos. Yeah, and I was like, man, it look it looked fire. It's just that I can't do festivals, bro. It's too many people. It's a lot. It they did a video. They did like a, a shot, and you can see like the crowd. Right? Yeah. There's people for like it's ridiculous. Yeah, because you know the festivals they got like Ferris wheels. It's a whole experience. Right. It's like Coachella, but on like a smaller scale. But I think they had like fifty thousand people or something like Jesus. that. Jesus. It's like, bro, I can't do that many people. Yeah, I, I want to actually like. I feel like that's the best way if you want to see a lot of people. Mm. But I really want to be able to experience like being able to see the person perform. Yeah. I don't want to have to be like, I was there, I heard it, but I saw it like on the screen because I wasn't yeah. that close. So I get it, but yeah. I'm yeah, sure it's a lot, a man. But yeah. I remember I remember when my distaste of crowds kicked in. I can, I can pinpoint my origin story so clearly. I was a kid and I was taken to the taste of Chicago and I went with my my boy Robert and his dad took us. When I tell y'all, I hated every molecule of this day. To the, to this day, this is one of the worst days for me. Like, it was so many people out there at the Taste of Chicago. It was just epic. And I, you know, I'm a kid. You know, they call me cranky. Tony's an old man. I was a kid and didn't like this shit. What do you call a kid that don't like this shit? Is he a cranky old man? No, he just don't like crowds. And I was like, yo, this is the worst shit I've ever been to. And it was so hard to get food. Robert's dad didn't have money like that. So we only had like a couple of tickets. 
And every line that you waited in to get the food, to get the taste of Chicago, they would just give you like a little little ass sample. And then the lines were incredibly long. It was hot. It was the summertime. I was like, yo, man, I don't like crowds. It was it was in that moment <laughs> where I was just like, you know what, fuck crowds and everything they stand for. Like I got a I got a uh I got a cap on crowds that I can take. And like once it once it's too crowded, man, my nerves are shot. Sometimes when you you ever get caught up in the midst of a crowd and you you kind of just shut down because there's nothing you can really do? Like you're just caught up and you just like, I'll be having those moments where I just I just leave my body and I'm just like dead inside. But yeah, true, true claustrophobia. Man, it's just like I've had that experience once. Man. And I was I couldn't have been that old. I I'm was I like maybe 14, 13, mm-hmm. 14? It was New Year's Eve in Atlanta. Yeah. And my mom decided to, I don't know, they wanted to go to the mall for whatever reason. Yeah. And oh my God. The mall was that packed? Bro. Because you know Atlanta has like, they do the little ball drop thing sometimes. Not oh. not the ball, they drop the peach in uh-huh. downtown. So I was at- um I went New with, Year's? Yeah, New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. I oh. went with my mom to Lenox with mm-hmm. my aunt. They were like, a family was in town or whatever. And I just remember, like every time we we would go in the store, I would feel a lot better. But yeah. I step out into the like the actual area where everybody's walking through, mm-hmm. and I would just be sweating, like I'm oh like God. hot, I'm sweating. And I was like, I was like, Mom, come on, man, it's too many people in the mall today. Like it, yeah. it's it's gen like genuinely, this is the most overwhelmed I felt ever. Like, yeah, I was, I was like, I'm truly claustrophobic. Like this confirms it for sure. Come on, man. And I remember another time I was in like a massive crowd, I was in the Philippines and they had the Sinalog festival that they do every year. It was so many people out there. It was just a huge festival. And I was just like, yo, it's too many goddamn people out here. But I was in the Philippines. It was a new experience. The festival, the costumes, it was fantastic. Like I had never, I had never seen anything like this. And of course, you know, this is my first time in the in the Philippines in Cebu City. And I'm just taking it all in. So I'm just trying to get over my own issues with big crowds and just taking in the culture and the environment. And I was just like, I was overwhelmed, but at the same time, I was able to calm myself. And I was I was tall. I was in the Philippines, so I was I was hovering over everybody in the crowd. So that gave me airspace mm-hmm. up top to just be like, all right. Okay, I could just be like, all right. I think somebody took my phone. <laughs> it it was just, but that that was an amazing day for me. Like I I got some great footage on my iPhone, but then my iPhone turned up missing. But that was one day where it was just like it was a horrible, crowded experience, but also one of my favorite life experiences as well. Especially when I found like pockets of like sanctuary where I was able to observe the crowd, look at what was going on. And still have my own little space right there. But uh hell no. But like concerts where it's just like the where you stand on the bottom of the floor over there by the stage, hell no, man. I'm off to the side. Cause I did go see Kendrick um last year as well. And I had a nice little seat off to the side. Really where I like to sit during the NBA games. And it was it was a good vibe. Yeah, people was close, but it was like a good, I could breathe. Yeah. It was it was it was a good location. I can't do that 
people just standing around pushing stuff. Hell no. I need a I need an area and only a specific amount of people can be down here. Yeah. Like I, that's why I, I can't do festivals. I can't do Coachellas. I can't and they be people just be pushing and stampeding. Nope. I'm small, bro. If I fall, I'm done, bro. Just go ahead it's and wrap done. me you up. Getting, you getting stomped out. Easily. You getting stomped. As soon as you hit that grind, man, stomp him out. Easily. That's what a lot of rappers I just won't go see. I just can't. Like if y'all just every time y'all perform y'all at a festival, I just won't ever see y'all. Like Yeah. And the ticket price just got crazy. It's, it's wild. And Coachella, there's nothing appealing about Coachella to me. You mean uh, out in the desert? Nah, man. I'm that's good. The, that's the only only area they can allow that many people to even be at. I'm good, man. Are we in the middle of the desert? Nope. Hell no. Nana P asks, if you found out one of your comedy friends tried getting with Sabrina, would you say something to them? Or just a side eye. You know what's funny? Um, do you feel like friends should stay away from friends' friends' exes? You know what's funny? It's already happened in a sense. So I kind of I kind of expect it. Um it's just, I don't trust dudes. That's just my natural, you know, flow. Like, you know, dudes that can be trusted. I'm like, oh shit, a pleasant surprise. Okay, you, you, you a real one, man. You got, you got integrity. But I don't expect that from most men when it comes to women. I, I just don't expect it. I'm not gonna lean on it. I'm just like, okay, you know. And so it's like. There's no, there's no real surprise there. It's just like, damn, man, already? Wow, okay. So it's just like, will I look at him a little bit differently? Maybe. Maybe I'll be like, mm, you know. But I'm not going, I'm not going completely write him out of my life or just like, you know, be cold to him or, you know, try to sock him out when I see him. And it's just like, I see, I see who you are. I just put you in a certain category. It's just like you just gonna just try, you just gonna shoot whatever shot you can at anybody. Nobody's safe. I know there are dudes like that in my that I know. No, I'm not gonna say names at all. I'm not gonna, you know, but it's like already. So, you know, the I literally just took Sabrina to the airport. So it's just like, you know, all right. <laughs> That's crazy. But it just it just comes with the territory, you know what I mean. So I just and y'all know me, man. I'll just be like, all right, well, here we go. <clears throat> but it's not gonna be. I'm not gonna be weird about it and nothing like that. It's just gonna be like, I see you, I see you, and just leave it leave it in that pocket right there. So yeah, um. That sizzle ass of these new glasses. No, these are, I've had these glasses for a few years now. Not new at all. I just, I just don't always rock them, but uh, I've had them for about, I got these glasses before the pandemic. So, Geraldine Townsend asked, Tony, would you be okay with a huge crowd if you were in a Coachella type comedy tour? If I'm performing for the crowd, sure. But if I'm in the crowd, oh, look out. Sure, I could I could perform for you know. Give me give me the give me the the DMX 
Woodstock performance. Give me the give me the Freddie Mercury huge live aid performance. Yeah, I'll do that all day from the stage. But if I gotta go down there in that crowd, look out. Watch out, man. Um Brando Demando asks, as a kid, did y'all take trips to St. Louis or is that just a STL thing? No, I never went to St. Louis as a kid. Never went. Never went to St. Louis until until like years later when I think the first time I went to St. Louis is when we would drive up from New Mexico to go to Chicago. And I feel like, oh, oh St. Louis. Like that was the first time. Like we never went down there. And that's, and that's I'm not taking shots at St. Louis at all. It was just, you know, we just never went, you know. And I, growing up, we wasn't the, the most well-traveled family. Growing up, we wasn't the most well-traveled. We went to Grand Rapids. We went to Gurney to go to Great America. We went to maybe Wisconsin. That's it. That's it. We just wasn't traveling like that. Like, I didn't go anywhere outside of Michigan and Wisconsin my whole time in Chicago. I remember our our eighth grade trip, we went to uh, Springfield, Illinois. So that was like a big deal. Like, oh, Springfield, Illinois, man, we we going somewhere. Let me let me tell y'all how close that is. Springfield, Illinois to Chicago. And this this was like me going somewhere. Let's see. That's a two-hour and 35-minute drive. And I felt like, I was just like, yo, we going out of town. Technically, we are going out of town, but that ain't, that ain't no trip. That ain't, we ain't going nowhere. Two hours and 35 minutes. And in my mind, in my little kid mind, eighth grade, I was just like, yo, we really took a field trip to Springfield, Illinois. We really out here, man. We we international. It felt long as hell to be on that school bus for three hours. I was like, yo, man, I'm different. I had on the, I had on the the unbuttoned floral shirt like i went to cuba or some shit i was like man we out here man where my sunglasses at we international we international out here man we in springfield this ain't chicago when in rome why did i act like springfield illinois was just this epic out the way ass trip like i went to bali or some shit i was like yo we really out here, man. You only live once in Springfield, Illinois. When in Springfield, Illinois, you got to live it up to the fullest. That's how I was taking it, man. What happens in Springfield, Illinois stays in Springfield, Illinois, man. My shirt was open. We was at Abraham Lincoln's house. Shirt open. Chocolate milk and Hawaiian punch. In each hand, like, man, we out here. Remember the big pimping video? That's what it felt like. I was like, man, we out here in carnival. Big pimping. Shirt open. We was at Abraham Lincoln's house. That's it. Three hours away 
on the push it side from Chicago. But I felt like that was the trip of all trips up until that time. And then I finally went somewhere for real when we moved to New Mexico. That's when it finally was like, oh, oh. So when we moved to New Mexico, me and my mom took the Amtrak from Chicago to Clovis, New Mexico. No, no, no. Chicago to Albuquerque. So we took the Amtrak train from Chicago to Albuquerque, and we took a train, uh, we took a bus from Albuquerque to Clovis. So on that Amtrak train, that's when I was like, yo, I ain't been nowhere. That's when I'm seeing different landscapes. I'm seeing mountains for the first time. And I'm a teenager seeing my first mountain. I'm in high school seeing my first mountain like, yo, mountains really exist. Oh, oh, snap, man. It, look at the, the mountains is red. They red. It's red dirt out here, man. Red dirt. Ma, look at this. Ma, it's red dirt. You don't realize how flat the Midwest is until you go. And so growing up in Chicago, it was like everything was flat, no mountains, red dirt. In Illinois, man, look out. And so that's when I feel like, oh, oh, okay, so the U.S. is different, different. That's when I, I felt like a traveler then. But, man, that Springfield, that eighth grade Springfield trip, Big pimping, spinning cheese. Big pimping. You remember that one shot where it was just like Jay-Z in a crowd of people. That it was like an epic visual. And I was just like, yo, this video is crazy. And that's an example of like a crowd I could be in. Like if I was at that video shoot, I would just be amazed at like the culture of what was going on. I could handle that crowd. I'd be like, yo, this shit is crazy, man. They really out here. Mind you, the women look amazing in those, those ensembles where they had the big, the half-naked joint and they got the huge feather back. That's amazing to see. So of course I'm gonna be like, I can take the crowd to, to look at this. But man, uh-uh. So back to the original question. Nah, I never went to St. Louis. Shout out to St. Louis, though. I, I'm a fan of St. Louis as a city. But I just didn't get around to going to St. Louis for real, for real, until I was a grown man on comedy tours and stuff like that. So, But shout out to St. Louis. I rock with y'all, man. Shout out to, to here, who, who's from East St. Louis. That calls me a curmudgeon. Um, sick of him and Kev, man. I'm making a stand. Um, what else y'all asking in here? I'm going to do one more question and then uh, I'm going to go to some topics I want to touch on. Damn it, I just lost the question. Oh, oh, oh. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Terrence C. asks, is the comedy dating scene similar to the athlete dating scene where people date a lot of the same people? Absolutely. 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 It's, it's the same. Here's the thing about the, the, the comedian dating scene, the acting dating scene, the, the athlete dating scene. You People just going to be dating the same people. It just is what it is. It's like, it's like that with any, any profession. 
like coworkers date each other all the time. Coworkers date each other all the time. So, I mean, it's just going to happen with, um, you know, professional sports. So, like, you know, acting and stuff like that. When you look at when you look at how many actors date other actors, it's, it's always a lot. They always got a list. This actor dated such and such. I'll be watching, like, videos on how certain uh, celebrities live and how, you know, stuff like that. And then when they go through their whole life story, you see how many actors – they dated. They would link to this person and that person. I was watching one on Julia Roberts, and I was like, "Yo, she dated, she dated him and him and him." It's just like it just comes with the territory. It's like, you know, you're just gonna date who's in your community, and so you know when comedians are working with the same people, they're around the same people. Of course, you know, people are just gonna be dating. In that same community, that just—it's it, just hard to avoid that, like, because you you date who you're around a lot of the time. It's like, all right, you know what I'm saying? We're in the same environment until until you set a hard rule where I'm not dating comedians. And usually, women say that after they've dated a couple of comedians. So it's like, it's like it's gonna happen. So it looks like, man, it looks messy over there, but. It, Co-workers are always going to date. Co-workers are always going to date. Unless they come in and like they, they faithfully married already when they come into that environment and they stay true, then you got anomalies where they never dated anybody in that work environment, never shit where you eat. Some people really stay true to that, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't care. A lot of people just, they just date who you're around. I was like, like proximity places. It's like classmates. It's like, you know, when you go to school, like you date your classmates. You know, you're just right there. You're seeing people, you're getting to know them, you start, you start liking people. That's just that's just natural. And you're getting to know one another, you're hanging out, you're always around them, you're getting used to them, you got jokes, you're doing this, you're doing that, and then pretty soon you're like, man, let me get them a shot. So it just happens all the time. Now with the the pro athlete thing, it's a little bit the pro athletes. It's a little different because let's say you're in the NBA, it's just you and the fellas. Now how the girls are getting in the equation? That's when it becomes a little. All right, y'all y'all just trying to get up in this community. Like it's not the same as dating classmates or dating coworkers because they they don't work in this industry. Like these women are coming up like. Yeah, what the hell are you doing over here? Well, I mean, we know what you're doing over here, but you ain't got no jobs within the NBA. So, you know, them dating the same girl, that's when it's like a little bit like, all right, man, y'all just, you thought she was fine, and you was like, you wanted to, you wanted to get a portion of that as well. But they're not really, they're not really having a job in that community in a sense. So that I guess on the comedian side, the equivalent to that would be comedians dating the same fans in a sense it would just be like this girl's always at a comedy show there there's this one example there was this one girl that used to come to my comedy shows a lot she was always coming to comedy shows i was never i was never attracted to her like that but i was always cool you know what i'm saying like hey you know what i'm saying appreciating the love and she was like you know, she shot her shot, and I was like, nah, you know what I'm saying, nah, you know, and um, 
I wasn't, I wasn't feeling her. And so I saw her, she started going to different comedian shows all the time. I was just like, ah, okay. Okay. So you definitely have that going on in the comedy community where it'd just be like, it'd be a fan, be like, yo, I'm coming to all your shows. And then, you know, they might get a bite on it, they might not. Well, for me, it was a no. And then I saw her going to different comedian shows. I'm like, oh, that's your new target, huh? And mind you, I could be mistaken on my end, be like, but it could have very well been, oh, that's your new target. That's who you're going for now. You know what I'm saying? I know I noticed you ain't at my shows no more. So I see you over there now. So you picked your target. And that and, and in a sense, it's like there was this one girl that I did end up, you know. We did end up smashing a few times. And I felt like because of that, because it didn't work out, because, you know, it didn't go to anything further or whatever, I feel like I lost a fan because of that. And so now it comes to a point where it's just like, I don't know if I would want to hook up with the fan fans because I don't want to lose, I don't ever want to lose you as a fan. I don't want to lose that. Like I don't I don't want you to to not follow me anymore cuz your feelings are hurt. I want you to rock with me because you think I'm funny, you like my you like my take on certain things, you like the voiceovers. I don't want you to ever lose the fan aspect of it because we didn't work out in person. So it's just like, man, I lost the fan. Cuz I crossed the cuz I crossed the picket line. You don't you don't follow me no more. You unfollow me because you know you unfollow me because I got a girlfriend. I thought you was a fan. I thought you was a fan of me outside of the attraction. That's that's what I'm getting at. Like I want I want you to be a fan of me outside of the attraction. If the, if you are attracted, if you're not, you know I'm not I'm not sitting here saying everybody attracted to me. Hell no. I'm just saying like. I want the fan of what I do and what I can bring to your life in terms of just like entertainment and comedy and just, you know, podcasts or whatever. I want that to supersede the the attraction element. Because, you know, because then, you know, I, I get a girlfriend, now you, now you block me. Well, now you out of here. And I'm just like, man, man, I got more comedy, man. I got more jokes. And you're going to miss out on all this because... You know, I got a girlfriend now, man. You was never a true fan then. You was never a true fan. It was all about the attraction. So I, I be hating that. So it's a it's a little tough road to to navigate. Feel, the feelings mess everything up, man. The feelings mess everything up. So it's just like, man. You know, and I get it. Like I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't ever want to say like you know, if your feelings are hurt, don't do this. If your feelings is hurt, I don't want to come at it like that. But it just sucks that you can't even look at me now because you know I had a girlfriend, and then you know, so it just sucks. So you gotta be mindful of. You gotta be mindful of hooking up with fans. But at the same time, you want who you're dealing with to be a fan of what you do. So it's like a double-edged sword. You want who, you, who you're hooking up with to be a fan of what you do. 
You know, you don't want her sitting in the crowd with the ice grill. You up there, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're giving 110% on stage. She just sitting there looking straight face. He's like, man, look out, man. You ain't even feeling my comedy like that. Because that, that's going to get annoying, too. So, yeah. And Tanya asks, are you ready to date? Hell no. Not not yet, man. I'm, nope. I am not ready, man. I'm sad, y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, breakups hurt. I know we taking it well and me and Sabrina mad cool, but breakups be hurting. So it's just like, man, you got you to gotta marinate in the sadness real quick. And then... You know, and y'all know, y'all know me. I've been through a lot these past couple years, so it's just like, you know, I'm a, I'm bruised. I'm, I'm out here tore up, you know, from just life. Life is kicking my ass, and so dating, I don't know, man. It's just, it's way too early. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm damaged goods. Not, not in terms of like damage in a toxic way or damage anything like that but just like you know life has been rough on me so it's just like and you know dating can make you feel better like depending on who you're dating and who you're giving your energy to dating can make you feel better but it can also add a lot of complication to your life depending on who you're dating if you're picking the wrong people and stuff like that so or if they didn't, you got to get used to certain people again. You got to know who you can trust. You got to, you know. And then, you know, some people use sex as an escape to to distract from the sadness and stuff like that. And it's just like, I don't, I don't think that's a good thing to do. And it's just like, you know, it's tough out here. So, no, nah, like dating is not on my to-do list right now. You know, of course, of course, eventually, yeah. But now, right now, today, nah, man, look out. Look out. Look on out, man. Because it's too early. It's just too soon. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, the type of person that has to be in a relationship. I've said this all the time on, on everything. I'm not the type of person that has to be in a relationship. Like, I don't, I don't have to be in one. So, you know, is that. But I know a lot of people are going to be trying to hook me up. I know this is coming. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. They're going to be trying to fix me up with whoever, whoever. They're going to be like, you know what? I think you would be a good fit for such and such. I think you, you know what? They're going to be trying to hook me up. Tough. That that's that's coming. It's out here. It's coming for me live, direct. They gonna be like, you know what? I think you would be a good match for blah 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 blah. I wanted to say this real quick. These are the things I wanted to touch on real quick. First of all, all that stuff going on with LSU and Iowa, the girl doing this, the sports, baby. It's sports, shit talk, getting under your skin, mental playing field. That applies to women's sports as well. You know what I'm saying? Let this fly. Talking about she classes. Look out, man. Old girl did it. Reese did it as well, man. Let it fly, man. Sports, high level. 
These women are playing at a high level in collegiate sports. It's the big game. Emotions running high. Let these players talk their shit and hush. Classlessness. When we on the court in the heat of battle, everybody ain't got to be classy. No hands was put on nobody. Wasn't nobody punched in the face. Wasn't no, wasn't, no, wasn't no refs or coaches disrespected. It was just in the heat of the battle. I'm going to throw this back at you. Let that ride. Ain't no classlessness, man. Look out. And keep that same energy. We're going to be classless on one end. Keep that same energy on the other. And let sports trash talk happen, man. It's part of the game. You want people more interested in women's basketball? This is how. Let us see them talking that shit on the court. Then then we're going to be like, yo, you see that WNBA game? Boy, they was talking cash shit. Let it happen, man. Don't nobody want to see no stiff-ass class. Don't nobody want to see, yes, yes, sports, sportsman-like conduct. Man, look out, man. Sportsman-like conduct is fantastic, but it's boring. And that's not going to get eyeballs on the sport. Oh, oh, the class, the sportsmanship, the sportswomanship was on full display. And ain't nobody going to tune in. Now we care. A rivalry has been created, man. Come on. Sick of y'all out here, man. Double standard asses. Um, I've been seeing old pictures and like, I've been seeing old pictures of Black China. I didn't know she was cute. <laughs> I didn't know Black China was cute until she been going on this journey of getting stuff taken out of her face and all of that. All that I've never paid attention to Black China like that. Like she was always in the news about who she was dating and whatever. And I was just like, man, she just looked all souped up and modified. I just didn't pay no. I paid her no attention. It was just too much going on. I just man, man look out. And now that she's been on this journey and like old pictures have been posted, I'm like, yo, man. This whole time she was cute, never knew, never knew until now. I was just like, yo, she was pretty out here, man. Look out. Who knew? I mean, you know, other cats knew, but, you know, it was just, man, I I, I didn't know. And I'm just like, wow, she was really, okay, okay, Angela White. But it was just, you know, some people some people be so modified and remixed that I just start to look through them. I just be like, some people be getting too much work done to where it's just ridiculous. And then I don't even see like, I don't even see like a real person anymore. It's hard. It's hard to see when there's so much work has been done. All I see is the work. And when I say the work, I mean, I just look at you and just work. Work done, changes, modifications. When I look at you and, and can't really, I gotta, I gotta focus in on seeing you as a human being. That means you had too much work done, to where I'm distracted by the work. To where it's just like work modification, fillers, Botox, new lips, weird eyebrows. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it becomes distracting because you got so much modification done. It's just like, man, come on, man. It's too much going on. There's some work that looks great. Don't get me wrong. Body-wise. But sometimes I just be like, work. Bad work. 
also wanted to say that Popeye's got these strawberry biscuits that I want to dabble in on. I'm a big fan of Popeye's biscuits. I'm mad that they made some strawberry biscuits. I think they're out to get me. I think they know that I'm trying to uh, that I'm trying to do right out here. That I got some certain body goals that I want to attain, and I feel like Popeyes is like yo, yo Tony really out here just trying to get his life in order. And I think we should sabotage that shit. Put the strawberries in the biscuits. What strawberries in the biscuit? Yeah, Tony would love that shit. If you don't do strawberries in the biscuit, do blueberries in the biscuit. Tony would love that shit. We'll we'll get his ass sooner or later because Tony been out here avoiding us as Popeyes chicken. Tony been out here. He lived close to a Popeye's chicken, but he don't never come in here. You know why? Because we ain't got strawberries in them goddamn biscuits. Put the strawberries in the biscuits. But don't he like the regular biscuits? He do like the regular biscuits. And he is a biscuit head. Everybody knows this. But I feel like we, we just need that extra element because he's trying to do right in life. He's trying, he trying to get his life together. He's trying not to go overboard on the biscuits. We right here with the biscuits. And people call our biscuits dry, but it's a good dry. It's a good dry, man. Like the Popeye's biscuits, that's a good dry. If you got something to wash it down with, you're gonna have a good ass time. Now, if you eat these biscuits raw, then you might you might suffocate. But if you got that little beverage, that little moisture you can add in on the on the back end, then we we got your ass. If we can get Tony, man, we just need to get his ass back up in there. But how are we gonna get him, man? We had the dirty rice. He's been resisting the dirty rice the whole time. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Put the strawberries in the biscuits. Strawberries in the biscuits? Why not the blueberries? Just, just try the strawberries. He was just over there in Oxnard, California. He was buying strawberries off the side of the road. And, you know, he loves strawberry ice cream. Man, just get the strawberries and put those in the biscuits. Man, trust me on this one. I don't know, man. Man, just stop arguing with me and get the strawberries in the goddamn biscuits. And put the icing on the top for good measure. Now, go on in there and get it done, man. We're going to get Tony's ass one way or another. And I'm going to go. I'm going to get one biscuit. I'm getting one biscuit. One solitary biscuit. They're going to be like, we only sell it in fours. We only sell it in fours, Tony Baker. You got to get the four piece. I'm like, man, I just want the one biscuit. Now you got to, we only sell them by fours, man. It's a special promotion. We can't, we can't sell them individually like that. You got to get four at a time. Now I'll be like, man, well, just give me the four, man. And I'm going to eat all four in the car. I'm going to be sitting in the car in the front seat, eating all four of the biscuits, looking at myself in disgust. That's how they want me, man. They coming for me, man. Popeye's chicken is coming for your boy, man. And I'm I'm right here for the taking. They gonna get my ass sooner or later, man. They grabbing my ass cheeks at the water cooler. Popeye's like, man, Tone, man, get in on this. Hey, man, get your hand off my ass, Popeye's biscuits. What you doing, man? Hey, man, come on, man. They grabbing my package as soon as I turn around. Oh, okay, Tone, you oh, hey, man, hey, what you doing, man? The hell off me, man. The hell is going on here, man? We ain't in Springfield, Illinois, man. Don't be coming for me like this, man. Look out. I'm a man of integrity. Hey, man, hey. Is that strawberries on me? Got strawberries? Man, hey, stop grabbing me, biscuits. Stop. Hey, man, don't get, don't get me riled up, man. Hey, let me tell you something. Sick of Popeyes, man. Tired of them. Been trying to get your boy, man. I was getting into an argument with my friend Regger. Regger that I play uh, Call of Duty with damn near every night. Reg, uh, shout out to Reg, came to my show in Tampa, Florida. She was like, she don't get the John Wick motivation on why John Wick is going on this murderous rampage all because of a puppy. And I was like, yo, Reg, Reg, it's not that simple. It's not that simple, man. John Wick's 
recently deceased wife set that up for him to receive the puppy after she passed. There's a special meaning on this puppy. This ain't just some run-of-the-mill puppy that he just grabbed from the... Man, this, this has emotional significance from the only woman he's ever loved. His wife gave him that puppy as a dying gift. Come on, man. That's huge. And I respect the fact that that's John Wick's origin story within the storyline of this whole franchise. It's not just they killed his wife, so he's coming back for revenge. We've seen that movie 87,000 times already. His wife died from health complications. She set it up to where I don't want you to be alone. Here's a, here's a companion for you. He had the companion. The dog was a sweet puppy, and they come in here and kill the dog. That's more than motivation enough to kill hundreds of people in the streets of New York City. That, hey, that's one of the best vengeance reasons. I, Because, you know, the, the, the children and the wife, that's easy work. We've seen that already. But this, this is a fresh spin on it. And I get it. And side note, all these people aren't getting killed because he's mad about the puppy. Initially, he just wanted the one guy responsible for killing his dog and stealing his car. He wanted the one guy. They didn't want to give up the one guy because he was the son of this big, you know, crime boss. They didn't want to give him up. And so John Wick is like, well, I'm coming to get him regardless. So you can either hand him over or I'm going to just kill everybody around him until I get to him. And that's why the bodies keep piling up because they foolishly keep sending people to kill John Wick and John Wick ends up killing them. It's a vicious snowball effect cycle. John Wick didn't want this. He was out. He didn't want this. And they keep, they just keep fucking with this man. So no, it is not because of a puppy. Technically, yes, but it's really because people just won't hand over the guy John Wick is looking for. That's all you had to do. This movie could have been John Wick, man. I'm sorry, man. My 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 son did some dumb shit, man. Let him live. John Wick is like, nah, man. I gotta. I'm I'm gonna need to kill your son. All right, here he is. That's it. John Wick would have been like, all right, y'all. I'm back retired. But now nah, they keep pulling John Wick back in. Even in the second one, this dude was like, yo, I see you came back to the assassin life. Remember what you said? You owe me, so I need you to kill my sister. Now he's forced back in. They keep forcing him back in. All because of one dumb, spoiled brat idiot of a crime boss killed his puppy. But they keep sending bodies at him. Now, I will say this. There should be... No assassins left in New York City. There should be no assassins left in New York City. It should be an assassin shortage because of John Wick. There's so many people killed in these movies, man. They shouldn't have nobody left. Nobody should be left out here on these assassin streets. At this point, everybody, they'd be dying. It'd be countless bodies dropped. Four films. 
We four films deep, man. Nobody should be left. There should be nobody left, man. If you need to get, if you need somebody killed, you ain't got nobody to call now. Yo, I need uh, I need my CEO boss murdered out. Who? What assassin can I get for the man? We out, man. We ain't got nobody. All we got is the janitor, and he ain't trained. Janitor be like, man, who? You want me to kill somebody? I've been waiting for this. Check out, check out my kill moves. He breaks the he breaks the mop stick and he's like, hut, hut. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. But there should be no assassins left. There's been so many people killed, man. Nobody should be left. Anyway, y'all. That's it for verbal cardio. Um Shout out to Sabrina, producer extraordinaire. She's in New York right now. She wasn't, she was going to come in remotely, but uh, she's trying to get a laptop situation figured out out there. Uh, but she's with y'all in spirit. Um, let me know in the Patreon, in the Patreon comment section, let me know which areas y'all want clipped of this episode. Like what topics y'all want clipped in this episode and we'll clip them. I know y'all wanted the strawberry biscuit clip. I'm going to probably clip the John Wick. Uh, maybe uh, all the trip to Springfield, we clipping that. You know what I'm saying? So let me know what areas y'all want clip. And let me know in the Patreon comment section. Um, that way, because, you know, this YouTube be disappearing. So let me know. Let me know. Shout out to the patron saints in here. Y'all was deep today, and I appreciate it. Uh, I love y'all passionately in the shower, as you already know. Uh, shout out to Amir on the ones and twos. Andrea. Don't forget to drink your water tonight. Cue up that water, man. And thank you for tuning in to another session of that verbal cardio.